Chapter 26 Niles stared at the men surrounding him. Spider food? But why? What have we done? You're a bloody skib, supplied the giant. Skeb? What's a skeb? Not skeb, said Dwayne from above, for he had heard all this before Niles had arrived. Scab. I, a person who works for this thing killed rice. I'm sorry, said Niles with a wan smile. I'm not trying to be cheeky. I just don't understand a word you say. Scab, repeated the interpreter. A person? that works for less than guild rates. It gets his goat seeing amateurs like you and your friend coming into the forest and stealing from passers-by without any regard for rules and regulations. It gives us professionals a bad name. Aye, growled the giant. But we haven't stolen anything from anybody. We're fugitives. We just arrived a few hours ago. You're outlaws, ain't you? You say so yourself. You're outlaws, are you not? You said so yourself. And you're not wearing guild colours, so you must not be members, and not being members makes you scabs. I hate scabs. Colours? Members? I don't understand. You will, said Duane, his face now a deep crimson. We are from the TCG of B, said the interpreter, the Thieves and Cutthroats Guild of Bandidon. The official colours are brown and Lincoln green, for forest work that is. This gentleman here, said the interpreter, indicating the giant, is cousin such, the field representative for this district. You're in violation, mate. W- well, we're sorry, Prophet Niles. We-, we didn't know. Ignorance is no excuse, offered Dwayne from above in a casual tone. That is correct. You cannot rob, waylay, kidnap, or detain any unsuspecting individual without first joining the guild. Strings him up, lads. The thieves hoisted Niles into the air until he was almost at the same height as Dwayne. You can't do this. I think they all already have, remarked Pepperell. Cousin Such picked up the apples from the ground. They appeared to be miniature in his hands. Then he directed his men to grab the cheese wheel and bread and led the band away. Wait, cried Niles, please. But his plea went unheeded. And then an idea struck him. What if we joined? Cousin Such halted and eyed him askance. You'd have to cough up the fee. I beg your pardon? The fee, the fee. Oh, the fee, said Niles, pleased he had finally understood something the giant had said. How much? That depends, answered the interpreter. What do you want to be? A cat purse, a highwayman, a beggar? You must choose. I choose. I must? Absolutely. We are in the age of specialization. You can't be a general practitioner anymore. At least not if you want to earn a decent living. Niles looked up at Duane for some advice. Do as you please, said Pepperell, but I refuse to join. Their earlier argument still fresh in his mind, Niles knew it was useless debating Duane on the morality of joining a guild devoted to thievery. Come on, come on, said Cousin Such impatiently. Was that come on, come on, asked Niles. Aye. I wasn't sure, but I thought so. and such snarled and smashed his fist into a tree. You're testing his patience, said the interpreter. I'd hurry up if I were you. Well, if I have to choose, I think highwaymen. There's something about waylaying coaches and stealing kisses from beautiful maidens that appeals to me. Ah, a romantic, eh? Said the interpreter with a sly grin. Niles was aware of the disapproving look on Duane's face, but he ignored it all the same. Aye, <laughs> 
And as far as my friend here is concerned, give him a moment and I'm sure he'll come around. No, he won't, grumbled Duane. Yes, he will, answered Niles. The interpreter turned to Cousin Such, who held up two crooked fingers. Well, for a silver coin apiece, you can both have all the romance you want. That's very reasonable, but we haven't any money. Perhaps you'd be willing to accept that wheel of cheese and loaf of bread as payment. Cousin Such sneered and shook his head. No, why? There's this penalty for scabbing. Come again. Penalty, said the interpreter. He's confiscated your food as a penalty for scabbing in a guild district. You'll have to come up with something else if you want to join. Well then, may I do this on account? No, why? That's against guild regulations, said the interpreter. I'm afraid you'll have to stay where you are and just be spider food. Once again, they turned to leave. Wait, shouted Niles. Though we haven't any cash, we've still a cash from which to pay you. Cousin Such eyed him skeptically and scratched his beard. Is that a riddle? I don't like riddles. Be careful, stranger, advised the interpreter. He doesn't like riddles. They give him head pain. Aye. Then I'll speak plainly. Not far from here is a cart full of food worth a hundred times more than our initiation fee. Dwayne stared at him in disbelief. You can't. I won't let you. But Niles ignored him. That bread and cheese are just a tiny measure of our stores. Bring us down and I'll prove it to you. And why should we believe you? Asked the interpreter, eyeing him warily. I've a sample of it beneath my shirt. Right here beneath this grease spot. You've what? Growled Pepperell, outraged. I'm sorry, Duane. Go on, reach inside. The interpreter turned to Cousin Such for permission. The giant's eyes ticked from Niles to Duane, then to his crony. All right, see what he got. The interpreter reached inside Willowbrook's shirt and produced the capon leg, whereupon he and the others gawked at it as if they had never seen its like. Is that meat or says? asked Cousin Such, almost beside himself. Is that meat he says? Aye, it's meat, said Niles craftily, and after you've whetted your appetite on that, I'll lead you to the rest. You are insufferable sometimes, raged Duane. If I was on my feet right now, I'd thrash you. I'd pound you into the ground. It's the only way, said Niles in his own defense. Or would you prefer to be spider food? I would. And I consider hanging near you even more unpleasant than being slowly digested. As far as I'm concerned, we've quit each other's company. Henceforth... You and I shall be former friends, and nothing more. Niles sighed, feeling more impatient than anything else, for he had heard Duane say this same thing, minus of course the slowly digested part, many times before. You know you don't mean that. I most certainly do. No, you don't. You'll be all huffy for a day or two, but then I'll do something clever to weaken your resolve, or say something witty to win you over. I always do. So can't we just assume we're friends and move on? No, replied Duane coolly. I wish you'd reconsider. My head is about to burst, and I wouldn't want my brain splattering someone who doesn't fully appreciate them. I'll not be persuaded this time. Oh, very well then, said Niles impatiently. If that's the cost of saving your life, I'll pay it. I'd rather see you alive and in good health, and be deprived of your company for the rest of my life, than to watch you die knowing it was within my power to save you. He turned to the interpreter. Set us free, and I'll lead you to the food. The interpreter, acting on his own initiative, nodded to the men controlling the vines. White, called Cousin Such, halting them, and he pointed at Niles. Jazzed him. When Niles saw he alone was being freed, he said, Wait a minute, wait, 
My friend gets untied as well, or the deal is off. No, growled the guild representative, nudging the interpreter roughly. He stays here, or the deal is off. No, he stays here, or the deal is off, said the interpreter in a harsh tone. He was most adept at mimicking Cousin Such's demeanor. Suddenly, Niles found a dagger at his throat. Then two, then three, as Cousin Such's men closed in to help make their leader's point. Seeing it was useless to try to negotiate, Niles simply shrugged and said, Right. We'll do it your way. They lowered him to the ground, untied him, and then pulled him to his feet. As they shoved him along, he shot a look back at Duane. Hang around. I'll be right back. Do whatever you like, replied Pepperell, looking away. I care not. It took Niles a moment to regain his balance after so long a time hanging upside down. But once he had, he was off and on the run with Cousin Such and his men struggling to keep up. Yet as he travelled, he could not help but feel more and more uncertain about his decision. He did not trust the guild representative or his interpreter. And the other guild members, despite being coordinated in their brown and green garb, looked most untrustworthy and dangerous. It was not long before he came to the outcropping. After clearing away the branches and exposing the small path, he stepped to the side and gestured grandly for Cousin Such and the others to proceed ahead of him. No, no, answered Cousin Such with a scowl, giving Niles a small shove. This is your shove, so you go fast. Ah, uh, beg pardon? The interpreter gave him a menacing look. This is your show, so you go first. Certainly, said Niles cheerfully. If you insist, his smile remained unchanged, but inwardly he was growing concerned, for he knew the path was very narrow. Once he had entered, there was no escaping, not unless he somehow managed to carve his way through Cousin Such and his cronies. But having been relieved of his dagger, it seemed a bit far-fetched. You see, said Niles, pulling the canvas off the cart, I am true to my word. The guild members replied with an assortment of oohs and ahs as they crowded in for a better look. True to your word, indeed, said the interpreter, his eyes scanning the mounds and mounds of food. Aye, said Cousin Such. The giant picked up a mutton joint and tore half of it off with his teeth. Niles sidled past the cart to where the horse stood grazing. He stroked its withers, trying to appear casual for his own sake as well as the horse's. I believe this more than covers the initiation fee for myself and my friend. Aye, said Cousin Such through a mouthful of food. Welcome to the guild, said the interpreter with a flourish. Thank you. Now if you'll be so kind as to return my weapon, I can be on my way. Cousin Such kept shoveling food into his mouth and had yet to swallow. Not a thought, not a thought. You're from violation of me, Jeffrick. Niles found it difficult to understand the man normally, but with food in his mouth it was next to impossible. Come again. He's citing you for violating his district, supplied the interpreter, nibbling on a capon wing. Article 3, Section 2, Paragraph 2 of the Guild Bylaws. No member shall act in any way that might undermine the integrity of the Guild or of its members, specifically the engagement of non-guild employment or the concealment of earnings from the local representative. Doth me, said Cousin Such, poking his chest with a greasy thumb. Nor shall he plunder within the territory or district of another guild member. Behaviour such as this shall be considered duplicitous and contrary to the spirit of these bylaws, and punishable by fine, expulsion, and or death. 
I see, said Niles with a knowing grin, so it seems I'm out as fast as I'm in. The interpreter smiled slyly. That's very astute of you. And I'm to suffer expulsion and or death. Right again? The other thieves began to laugh and snicker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, gentlemen, said Niles pleasantly, though his demeanor appeared most calm and affable, inwardly his mind was racing frantically to find some means of escape. It seems our newfound friendship is about to end much sooner than I anticipated. (laughs) (laughs) And it pleases me to know I depart this world leaving you in such fine spirits. He feared he might be speaking the truth, that these were indeed his parting words, for there seemed to be no way to escape, at least none that he had figured. But just then the horse snorted and bobbed its head, reminding him of its presence. An idea took root, and a plan took shape. The narrowness of the path itself, cousin such is massiveness, and the men crowding behind him. All this could work to his advantage. He knew there was no time to think things through, which did not really bother him. In truth, Niles was never one to think anything through. Springing backwards, and at the same time flailing his arms wildly over his head, he shouted at the top of his voice. Ha! Startled, the horse wickered loudly. <laughs> and raised itself onto its hind legs. The cart rolled backwards, colliding with Cousin Such. The guild representative, taken off guard, stumbled into the interpreter, who, being the lighter of the two, fell into the thieves behind him. Ha! Ha! Niles watched with unabashed delight as the horse backed up even more and forced the thieves to scramble down the path in disorder. This gave him the time he needed, and he began to climb from boulder to boulder. It was steep and slick in places, with nary a ledge or a crevice to grip. Any normal person would have looked at the climb and deemed it impossible to achieve. But not Niles, who saw it as a challenge. To be totally honest, he saw it as great fun. Combining his skill with his lack of judgment, he was able to succeed at most things. At the moment, it included scaling a sheer rock wall without slipping or losing his grip. By this time, the horse had calmed, and the thieves were able to sidle past it. Cousin Such, however, being too large to get by, was forced to remain behind. From where he stood, he spied Willowbrook escaping, and, with a snarl, reached for the dirk at his belt, shouting, Kill him! Kill him! Kill him! Kill him! yelled the interpreter, taking up the cry. Instantly, a dozen daggers went hurtling toward Niles, who stood boldly above the guild cronies with arms folded and a goading smile on his face. The weapons badly aimed, struck the rock below Niles feet and caromed into the brush. Oh, you'll have to do better than that, jeered Niles, placing his arms akimbo. Though the thieves tried again, not a single throw came near him. You men are in need of some serious practice. Try aiming at one another for a while. Had Niles simply scrambled to safety without bothering to taunt his pursuers, he might have saved himself some trouble and even some pain. But once again, his mouth, or the bigness of it to be more precise, was his undoing. For cousin such fully provoked now, let fly his dirk. The blade sliced across Niles' forehead, stunning him, causing him to stagger backwards. One step and solid rock was still beneath his feet. Another step and the rock was still there. A third, nothing more than air. Not good, not good, thought the knight as he fell, and suddenly something grabbed his arm, tore at him, and raked his body. Oh! 
With Niles no longer in sight, the thieves raced down the path and rounded the low hill. But so dense and deep was the briar patch on the other side, not one of them penetrated it more than a foot or two, even after hacking away with axe and sword. Quiet, quiet, on needs to hear. Though no one had really understood him, just his shouting was enough to produce the wanted effect. They listened for any sign of life and watched for any movement. At length, after the breeze had carried the sweet scent of a spice cake under Cussin Such's nose, he called off the search and they retired. The members of the TCG of B returned to the cart and backed it out. They marched off with what remained of its contents, pausing only briefly to scan the brush one last time for the benefactor of their newfound feast. There you go, said Cussin Such impatiently. It probably broke his neck from the foe. As was their habit, the other thieves turned to the interpreter for a translation. He, being weary from the day's demands and frustrated by the dumbness of their expressions, snapped, He probably broke his neck from the fall. He probably broke his neck from the fall. Doesn't anyone around here speak Pandadonian? Oh, does oh, speak oh, I, do. I think I do. And off they went with the cart. Niles opened his eyes and looked about, confused, disoriented. All around him were broken branches. When he checked for physical harm, he noticed he had been pierced by a good number of thorns. One by one, he pulled them out. Ah, I think I'll keep this to myself, he decided, wincing with each one he removed. Dwayne will undoubtedly think it the most foolish thing. Ouch! I've ever attempted. He struggled to his knees, and when the pain had subsided, he scanned the tangle for a break in the bushes, other than the one he himself had created. He found a small space, almost a channel, at the very bottom of the bushes to his right. He crawled into it, trying to make himself one with the ground, moving slowly, cautiously, a few inches at a time. It was like the maze in his mother's garden, full of twists and turns and mostly dead ends. As a boy, he had spent countless hours exploring until he had found the right path. He pressed on, following each new direction, hoping it would lead to an exit, all the while peering into the dimness, ignoring the thorns that pricked him. He was moving at a decent pace, though keep in mind it was still a crawl, convinced he would soon be free, when he rounded a bend and stumbled upon a gagger. Thinking Niles a predator, the animal bared its teeth and ruffled its fur. Niles froze. He had heard some gaggers carried the foaming sickness, but this did not worry him half as much as something else that was much more devastating. For a gagger's primary defense was the foul-smelling, even nauseating musk it sprayed upon would-be attackers. Please, please, oh please do not, thought Niles, slowly lowering his head until he had pressed his cheek to the ground. He whimpered softly hoping the animal would see this as a sign of submission. However, much to his dismay, it did not. The gagger swung about and raised its tail. Niles' eyes went wide. He scrambled backwards, wincing from the cuts he received from the thorns around him. But he had not gained more than a few feet between them before the gagger disgorged its musk. The rankness of it fell upon him and clung to his skin and clothing like salty ocean air. But this was not harsh enough in the gagger's estimation, for the animal chose to squeeze again, 
and sprayed him with a second dose, that Niles managed to crawl away, round a bend, and work his way down a new channel before giving up the contents of his stomach, was a testament to his endurance. He said goodbye to the roasted capon, the berry tart, and the minted lamb pie. After that, it was one dry heave, and then another. Wretch and crawl, wretch and crawl, his body alternately quaking and cramping, until finally he found his way out of the thicket. His head felt like it had been cleaved by an axe. His eyes burned like they had been branded with hot irons. The stench was so pervasive he could taste it at the back of his throat. It was under his fingernails, the snot that ran from his nose, and he would have succumbed to it, let his reason bow to it, had there not been something much more pervading on his mind. Duane was still hanging upside down, and he would surely die if he was not soon lowered from the tree. Niles staggered to his feet, which was a chore in itself after crawling for so long. Oh, look, thought the knight in what seemed like a daze. I missed a thorn. Oh, and here's another. He pulled them out. Each was close to an inch long. Upon doing so, he could not decide if it had been the least bit painful. He was far too distracted by his smell. He started for the tree weaving from side to side on legs that seemed barely able to support him. He prayed for a brisk wind, for a downpour, anything that would rid him of the stink. It's me, Niles, said Willowbrook, addressing the gods. I know you can hear me, and if you can't hear me, I have no doubt you can smell me. He fought the urge to vomit again. You're angry with me, I can tell. I know I should turn to you more often, but, uh, and this is just a suggestion— don't you think that it's time to put an end to this scourge? It was then his knees buckled and he began to heave. <laughs> <sighs> I guess not. This made his head pound harder. He closed his eyes and covered his face with his hands. I swear, I swear, gods, once this is over, I'll never be a smart mouth again. He thought on this a moment, and it made him wince. Ah, ah, ah. Perhaps you should ignore that last. I, I shouldn't be making promises I can't keep. When the pain subsided, he dragged himself to his feet. He studied the surroundings, no longer certain he was heading in the right direction. He tried to concentrate, but the stench was like a wall that had risen to encase him. It confounded his senses and clouded his mind, turning even a simple task like taking a step into a complex decision. So he trusted his instincts, confused as they were, and concentrated on reaching the next cluster of trees, and then the next cluster after that. He had no concept of time, no perception of distance. Every minute that passed, his body responded less to his will. Yet somehow he managed to reach the right clearing. Before he was fully aware of what he was doing, the vine was in his hands and he was lowering Duane to the ground. Niles stood over his friend, who was unconscious. He listed from side to side, barely clinging to consciousness himself. He dropped to his knees with a loud grunt and fumbled with the knot at Duane's feet, but his eyes no longer responded and his hands were useless weights. Tears, stinking tears, ran down his face and making one last effort, he loosened the knot with his teeth. Through the stinking gauze that muffled his senses, Niles thought he heard Duane moan, and through the swirling landscape of trees and bushes, he thought he saw Duane stir. Niles collapsed beside his friend, and of all times, and of all things, he started to laugh. <laughs> he looked down at Duane and shook his head. You think you're mad at me now? <laughs>
Just wait. As he laughed, he gazed up at the sky. It was swollen with dark clouds, and these swirled about like smoke in a bottle. Much to his amazement, the darkness suddenly had a life of its own. In a sweeping move, it closed about him. Thinking the gods had finally come to his aid, sent Niles into another fit of laughter. <laughs> I, I thank you for coming. I appreciate the effort. <laughs> Though you may need to bathe after this. <laughs>